0: KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleter Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleter Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX.
1: All right, welcome to lunchtime, KMOX Home Improvement. To one more hour, this is the Helotech Home Improvement Show, sponsored by... Uh, Schleider painting and the gutter works as well. Uh, we have a great show coming. We've got some good questions, some great answers. Good first hour. Hope you were here to be part of the Camwex family for hour one. Uh, typically, this is a an every week show from 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. Uh, we get cut short for occasional uh, preempt things, um, important uh, programming. Sometimes you know playoffs with baseball Cardinals, things like that, and. You know, we're here for our homeowners all the time. Phone lines for you right now, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Bring on any Questions, answers, favorite products, weather, concerns about when to do this, when to do that, how to go about finding somebody to make this repair or do this, you know, kitchen or room addition, whatever it might be. That's what we share here on Wex. Uh, Mike Miller and I, over the years, I enjoyed following his show uh, very much because my yard started looking so much better. Years ago, when I first came on, you know, I, I did not, it's still not, do not claim to have a green thumb but hanging out with Mike Miller when his show went 8 to 10 and mine was 10 to 12 you know the the Mosby Hut started looking a whole lot better. So compliments to Mike Miller and the KMOX Garden Hotline. I am one of those uh, family greeners, if you will. Uh, So anyway, that and now through the KMOX Home Improvement Show or the helitech sponsored KMOX Home Improvement Show, uh, hopefully your home is looking better, performing better, maintaining better, and of all things even more comfortable. Uh, We have phone lines open 314 436 7900 800 5, 11, 20. A few calls on the board we're going to get to in just a moment. Uh, I'll introduce myself a little bit. Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. We are a design-build home remodeling company, which means pretty much full service. Uh, anything around a residence. If you live there We do that work. Uh, We've been drawn in, because of the Home Improvement Show over the last 22 years, much more into repairs. Uh, My father started the company in 1947, Mosby Building Arts now. uh, And frankly, it was a custom home builder where uh, many of the notable architects in town would draw the plans. My father would build these custom homes uh, one at a time. And he is a really good technician, or was during his lifetime. I was just smart. Enough to hang around with him. Pretty cool guy. I, uh, you know, uh, some people have good families. We have a great family. Love all my siblings and my dad and my siblings. We shared a lot of experience now that I bring this to you on Cam Wex, It's my honor and uh, to keep my father alive and still serving you as well as our community by sharing this here on CAMWEX. Kind of a cool thing. So there's my purpose, my commitment to you, is I'll always bring you my best uh, and, uh, throughout these uh, shows. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. So what design build is at Mosby, we do everything. So uh, there are small contractors that are one, two, and three man shops, if you will, and they kind of do everything. They do the design, they do the construction, they do the painting, whatever. We have evolved over the years to where we have uh, certified and schooled professionals in each of those roles. So we have a full painting crew at Mosby Building Arts. We have licensed plumbers at Mosby Building Arts. We have our full complement of carpenters. Uh, it, we clean up, we're very good at dust protection and respecting property that sort of thing so anyway if you think of a small contractor only has grown to have, you know, licensed um, architects on staff, uh, certified aging in place, uh, and full accessibility uh, designer. Th- that's our thing. So anyway, uh, thus, I'm here with you on CAMOX. Uh, let's see what's happening with my buddy here and uh, uh, talk to Don. Hey, Don. Good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on Camwex. How can I help? Are you talking to Don? I hope so, Don. you're my only you're my favorite Don right now. You're Well, on, Don, sir. Don is here. i glad to talk to you. I live in a home where they built a
0: really nice bathroom in 1960 and the shower over the years has been just wonderful. It's got heads on both ends, and the tiles are all over the walls and my question is, is there a company that is willing to come in and clean? the tiles and make everything look like new when everything's already working. It just needs help.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Frankly... There are companies that do that in commercial kitchens, uh, foyers of uh, multi-story buildings where the, the elevators would be. Uh, so it is a steam cleaning process. They used to be larger, more complex companies. And now in the last 10 years, they're smaller franchises. But basically, they just steam clean and cook the grout clean uh, as well. I, I will warn you on on a 60-year-old mud-set shower. I mean, you have the mac daddy of properly built showers, uh, according to your description. The issue is, about that time, the pan, the waterproof thing underneath all that tile starts to leak a little bit and it'll hold water so that a lot of that black grout, like dirty grout, might be latent water that's been there for half a century. And the topical cleaning, even though they can get down a quarter of an inch deep, may only last a little while. So the answer is yes, you're welcome to call my company at Mosby will give you a referral that's 314-909-1800 or 909-1800 but uh, be aware on a shower that age you know 70 years out of a mud set tile um, you may deal with water issues and rebuilding that
0: very good I really appreciate your advice thank you very much
1: thanks Don take care good luck Uh, Man, think about that. You know, mud set, tile, old school, two shower heads. You know, we're talking quite the shower back in the day. So even by today's standards, as we get, you know, more um, bells and whistles and body sprays, what we call car wash showers. uh, Some of the things that, you know, why why Mosby? Well, when you get those car wash showers, multi-body sprays, that's a lot of water coming into a shower. You have to have a drain. That is oversized as well because I've heard stories of, you know, Molary and Curly coming in and putting in a multi body spray shower only to find out. They flooded the house because you know you've got seven gallons of water per minute coming in, and a, a floor drain capable of three gallons per water per ga- gallons per hour drain or per minute. So the in exceeds the out, and you wind up with so anyway. That's the value of the KMX Home Improvement Show and Experience. Uh, we're going to take a short pause here for KMX, and we'll be right back. Good questions, bring them on. Uh, thanks to uh, Don for getting us started here at University of KMX, Scott Mosby. At your service here on KMOX. Welcome back, Scott Mosby. At your service uh, up till one o'clock hour. Stay tuned, University University of KMOX, and let's get right to my friend. See what's happening with Claude. Claude, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMOX. How can I help, sir?
2: Yes. Good afternoon, Scott. Here's my situation. I have a rental home in Wood River, Illinois that supposedly it was in a flood zone. I was not aware of that, obviously, when I bought it. And in the basement, I have a valve that uh, my, the rainwater, when it gets heavy, it backs up through my piping. Mm-hmm. So it's good when, obviously, when it's not raining. But the problem I've got is my tenants, the house is rented, and my tenants, he's a truck driver, and if he's not home to shut off a valve, if he's out on a truck run and it rains heavy, then I wind out with all sorts of water, sewage, etc., in the basement. Now, like I say, the uh, they put a valve in, this is years ago, in the basement. And the valve, my God, it must be, oh, the wheel must be like a couple feet in diameter, you know, to shut it off. Is there anything that I could do to replace that? This is strictly manual. It's not electric. So you got to be there to close it and to open it. What can I do about it?
1: Uh, Claude, you're describing a sewer shutoff, and I'm glad to hear the wheel is that big because they don't often get closed and open. The concept is when there's heavy water and the water's coming in, you go down and have the presence of mind to turn this, close this thing off so the water doesn't fill the basement. Um, So I I totally get where you are. There is another way to do that. Um, Think of a stand pipe. If you can get a plastic PVC with a gasket, Um, fitting on the end, you can basically, it, it has to be watertight at the floor. You leave the valve open, and if the water tends to get up, you know, six inches in the basement. You need the pipe to be too, too tall, a couple of feet tall. Slide down inside that pipe and I mean it, it has to be tightly fitted so that when the water backs up it comes up that tube and although though there's a lot of pressure you need more head so if the water gets six inches deep you might need that pipe to be four feet tall so that you know it, it'll seek its own level like a water tank with a sight gauge on it or a fuel tank with a sight gauge so that's one way, but you have to then, you're hoping that nobody bumped this thing and that seal at the gasket, and it pretty much stays in there most of the time. So if you need to move around that floor drain, you know, it's it's kind of a, a pain. Uh, it, that valve is really high quality. It's a good and effective way. It is totally not suitable for a rental house uh, just for the reasons you cited. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. so, so you've got the best solution, but you have to be home to mess with this thing.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Now, how about putting a one-way rubber seal on that so that the water would go out but wouldn't back up. Is that possible?
1: Yes, not only is that possible, that's available. The problem is when you've got sewage and toilet paper and solids and grandkids flushing plastic bags, you know, I mean, you just can't control what goes down the drain. All it takes is a little bit of something to hold that flap open. And in comes the water again. So because it doesn't get often used, it doesn't often get cleaned out. So if there's a solid or residue or debris left there, you know, that flapper just isn't, you know, so it's, uh, you know, it's way down my list of considerations.
2: Okay, getting back to the PVC, is there anybody that would do that?
1: I would do a plumber because you're into test gaskets you know that for example, when you know we plumb a house, we'll seal off all the drain pipes and then we fill it all up with water and look for leaks so there are gaskets In the this is one of those uh fifty dollars to show up, and you know it's uh it's it's five dollars to turn the screw and forty five dollars to know which one to turn. <laughs>
2: OK, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which one you, you would prefer the four foot stack. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I would actually talk to a plumber about it because um, you know we've removed some of these uh, wheels and back flappers because you know they've you know people that have this problem, man, they they'll do anything to get rid of it, uh, but right. they don't always work. So the standpipe, I think I got from a CamoX listener, uh, it's possible, and uh, because you can't legally take out that floor drain, you've got to be able to drain that basement. Um, so I would talk to a, a repair, you know, an old school plumber, you know, this isn't like put pipes together thing. This is like, okay, sit down with me and let's think through this. How are we going to fix this?
2: Yeah. I've had this problem. Obviously I, I didn't know who to go to, who to speak to, what questions to ask. You've been very helpful. Now let me ask you, Uh can this be done on the outside of the house or do I have to, Open up the the uh, the concrete floor.
1: Now, typically, this is real low tech. We're talking about ten dollars worth of materials. Stuff this thing in the drain. I mean, this is this is you know you'll pay. $200, $250 for a service call for a really good plumber and the time, and you'll be he's just going to take a pipe and stuff it in the opening, but it might take a call back to come back and put the thing in. So this is really low-tech, almost non-invasive. The plumber may say it's not going to work because of the way your house is set up, and that may be true, but I'm just giving you, there is an option there, two or three, and when you find an old-world plumber, and you'll have names in, in, you know, Wood River, so, you know, you call the guys that have been around for a 30, 40, 50 years, they will have danced with this beast for a long time. So when you find the right one... So it's strictly going
2: in through the drain.
1: Yeah, you pull off the grate... There's a round yeah. pipe in there, usually two inches around or three inches around. Uh, it's right. buying from a wholesale plumbing house. It won't come from a big box or hardware. The the uh-huh. gasket that goes in there, uh, and you can actually shut those off as well with a test plug, which is just an expansion stop with a, a wing nut on it. But this is the same type of thing. Only it has a pipe that comes out. So you know, a plumber may say, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. I can make you something like that. But I'd rather you have a conversation. With a, you know, a real plumber that has danced yeah. with this problem before.
2: But you said that the standpipe would be like four foot, could be up as high as four foot high. Is it open on the top?
1: Yep, it's yeah, yeah. If if the if the water comes high enough, if you got a foot of water outside the house, that standpipe won't be tall enough. But if you only get a little bit of drainage inside that that basement, you you don't need a real tall pipe you just need it to be thoroughly uh, sealed at the bottom.
2: Uh, just at the bottom.
1: Yeah, you know what a sight gauge is on a uh, tank? That I has can't a little say that I do. Okay, a little clear tube of glass, for example, fuel and water yes, tank. Right. Yes, yeah. And right. so the level of the liquid inside the tank gets totally mirrored in that sight um uh, um, gauge all that is is a little tube that shows the level Well if you have a tube that comes up from that floor it'll be like a sight gauge only you just run it up too high you may not be able to see what the level is but I'm like you, yeah yeah that's the that's the law of physics and the concept that I'm describing
2: That's why I failed physics.
1: That's okay. Uh it sounds like you're going to school of sewer, so uh, you're in Ph.D. level, brother. When you've been bitten by uh, this yeah, one, you yeah. know it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I appreciate your time, Scott. You've got a great show. I, I listen to it all the time. It's the first time call for me, but uh, I'll continue listening, and I appreciate your insight into solving my problem. I'll get it done.
1: Thanks, Claude. Good luck, my friend.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye now. Home improvement. You, you see why this is a fun show? Well, you know, I mean, you know, I like fixing stuff. Uh, and when I can't fix it, I like to think through and share what I know and then stack on top of that. I you know, Claude may be a rocket engineer. I don't know. This guy can put his own intellect on top of that, and he, you know, stands on my shoulders just like I'm standing on my father's shoulders and all the tradesmen around me at Mosby Building. You know, I get to learn from all these guys. So uh, it, it's kind of a... You know, there, there there are parts replacement guys, um, there are assemblers of systems, and then there are guys that just love to figure stuff out. You know who you are, and those of you that have looked for those figure-outer guys, when you don't find them, You know what it's like and what I'm talking about. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service. Uh, Let's see what's happening with Judy. Uh, Hey, Judy, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunch on KMOX. How can I help? Well,
3: I have a a breezeway, so that's my entry to the house. Okay. The breezeway, they closed it in um, before I moved here. But they only put in a 30-inch door. Okay. It's not a 36-entry door. And it's very awkward. It's right at the steps. You can't really open it the way it should open and put a storm door on it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: In addition to all of that, there's a huge window there that takes up the balance of the wall. I can't do anything with that window. It's way too heavy. And all the interior wood in there is eaten up by termites. Oh, my. So I need a new front wall, and I don't know where to begin.
1: Oh. Well, you're welcome to call our company. We do that stuff all the time. Once we started doing this home improvement show, the repairs, you know, it because it's not a big job, but it takes some, I mean, you're talking, you put a wall in, you're now code-wise required to put electrical outlets in. When you have a door, it's got to have a light with a switch inside within a few feet of that door. You know, two feet six was the size of the screen door on that breezeway before it got closed in. I can tell you, I put these things in and I've turned them out over over the last many years. Uh, so they just kind of went with what they had. The reality is that whole wall needs to come out, uh, figure out where and why the termites are coming, because that's another issue. But it's really... Apparently just-
3: they're gone. Apparently they were eliminated before I bought the house. I didn't know yeah. it had had a termite problem.
1: Oh, my. But, you know,
3: that's, there are many things I don't know. Yeah. gone. <laughs> Although this is right. a small job, this does. is a permitted so job. is your phone number,
1: excuse me. Oh, go ahead, please.
3: Is your phone number 909-1800? I think I heard that.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we do a lot of these things because they're, it's really easy to replace the wall. But it's hard to get all, you know, I mean, it takes a pl- set of plans. It's a little project. It is structural, so it needs to be inspected by, you know, the city or the county, um, uh, on and on and on. So uh, be prepared. Right. There's a lot of trades in this little bitty project. It, it gets pricey quick.
3: Well, there is electricity in that wall. Okay. And there is a light switch close to where the door is now. I think the door needs to be moved. The whole thing is wrong. Yeah. So once... I'm going to call. Yeah. The, I'm going to call your building arts company, mm-hmm.
1: and see if they'll come out and help me out here. Okay. Oh sure, Judy. You bet. And you can have any door located any place, swinging in, swinging out, uh, storm door, not storm door, full glass. Change the window size. When you pull, once you pull that wall out, it's totally up to you. It's going to be fun. Well, it is fun. I mean, you know, when you tear everything out because it's a mess, you know, there are very few rules about what comes back in. Anything you want, right?
3: And you can only go up from disaster, right? You're,
1: amen. Amen.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give him a call in the morning.
1: All right, Judy. Thanks for the call. Bye.
3: Thank now. you so much.
1: All right. Now you see why I like this. I, I get to help Judy. Uh, you know, whether it's us or, or not to do this work, you know, I, we move the ball forward. Judy knows what she's up against, she knows what's possible, uh, who's in as far as uh, code authorities and officials and all that stuff. Anyway, let's take a short pause. I'm getting Gabby here. Too much time up on my stump, I promise. I'm really not running for office, though I do represent an entire industry here, from the uh, real estate agents all the way through to the code officials, code enforcement inspectors, to the carpenters, the trades, and all of the things that make, and the homeowners that live with either things done right or things not done right. Right here on University of KMOX, Scott Mosby at your service. I'll be right back. All right, Scott Mosby together, home improvement, blasting up the last half hour here on KMOX. Uh, Let's see what's cooking, uh, see who's been waiting long. Let's try Anna. Hey, Anna, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you? Yes, this is Anna. Huh? Go ahead. How can I help you on KMOX? Um, Yes, um, we uh, are going to be knocking
3: down a house and building a new one in the same spot in uh, Hillsboro. And uh, my question is, is it is mid-November too late to start this?
1: Oh, no, not at all. Um, Frankly... Statistically speaking, Anna, we've had two really cold winters. Generally, St. Louis and the Midwestern area don't have three hammering winters in a row. Um, And I know this because we live and die by the weather forecast at Mosby Building Arts. It's, you know, it is what it is. So knocking down a house in November, say pouring a concrete foundation in December, generally... It's the very cold, cold, cold temperatures. Now, it may be fits and starts, but once you get that foundation dug and the concrete foundation poured, you know, it's just lumber and wood and and humans dealing with cold temperature, which we do in this part of the country all the time. So not at all. It's actually uh, a pretty good time to get started because personally, I look at it and they say, well, you know, it's cold here. It's like, well, but do you get better work, you know, tradesman quality work when it's 104 degrees in the summer or when it's, you know, 42 degrees in the – well, 42 when you're moving around. That's kind of fun to build. So I would not uh, dissuade you from getting started. Now, you need to have a permit pretty quick on this too.
3: Yes, we're working on that. We've got We've got the contractor. We've got the plans all done. We've got the monies in place. I'm also yes. I was just worried about the concretes. What I was
1: worried about. No, not at all. It's a frankly, um, it's uh, and they can they can put blankets over those uh, foundation forms. So you have forms, so you kind of have a uh, an enclosure. So this concrete isn't fully open to the air. Uh, And if it does, sometimes they'll throw these blankets. They look like big shipping blankets, kind of plastic sort of things. Because concrete or cement, when it cures, one of the byproducts of concrete curing is heat. So if you can just hold the heat in uh, to that foundation, even if it does get cold, you you can have some pretty good luck. And the slower the concrete cures, the stronger the concrete is. Oh, that sounds great. Oh yeah. yeah, it's yeah. This is a pretty good time to yeah. I mean you're about a you're about a month later than perfect, but by golly you're at the top of the bell curve of you know good time to go because it doesn't usually get really pounding cold until january
3: thank you that really makes me feel a lot better because i was so
1: worried yeah so listen to your you contract much. they kind of know these things and uh you know mm-hmm. they're you'll be pretty good uh just follow your heart on this one okay thank you so much i really appreciate it okay take care Anna. Bye. uh next up let's see what's happening with uh al hey, hey al how you doing this afternoon welcome to lunch on Cam x hi
4: scott uh I live in St. Louis County, and we're uh, planning to buy some new kitchen cabinets and a countertop
1: and put those in myself. Okay. Do
4: we have to have a building permit
1: for that? Not technically. Uh, Remove and replace is considered maintenance. Now, when you remove and replace a Dishwasher, that's one thing. If you're going to move the dishwasher or move the refrigerator or move any electric or make any appreciable changes, and I'll warn you, um, depending on how old your house is, if you have an electric appliance like an oven, 30 years ago it only took 3 conductor 220 wire. Now it's 4 conductor 220 wire. So you may have need for an electrical permit for the electrician. So the the real answer is no. The better answer is yes, you get a private consultant to come bless your house anyway and if you're into if you're into it for a while which if you're doing your own work, you know, basically it's pretty cheap consulting to get an inspector to stop by and help you through this thing.
3: I see.
4: Okay. Well, that answers my question. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, if you can go into St. Louis County and they have a plan desk there and they have handouts of, uh, you know, what you need for inspections and all. And frankly, you just start asking questions. You may have to wait 20 minutes for somebody to get free to come answer it, but you'll find they are very helpful um, because they want things done right, and they, they'd rather work with you on the front than the back end. You know, hitting you with a stick on why didn't you do this? You know. Okay,
4: I'll go, I'll uh, I'll seek out that plan office.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to do it right, Al, these guys are on your side. If you're trying to get away oh. with something, they're not your best friend ever.
4: <laughs> All right. Thank you very much.
1: All right, Al. Take care. Uh, Next up, let's see what's happening with Larry. Hey, Larry, Scott Mosby here. Happy Saturday to you, and welcome to KMOX.
4: I've uh,
0: got a water drainage question for you.
3: Okay. Uh,
1: We
0: had a a new pole barn put up this summer, and I'm running to run the water that comes off of the uh, gutter. I need to run it about 300 feet. I'm going to drop it behind the spillway of our pond, Mm-hmm. and I'm wanting to run it underground, uh, wh- what's a cost-effective type of plastic pipe that I'm probably, from the the new structure to the, to the spillway, I'm probably going to drop about three, three and a half feet, so it's going to be covered up with quite a bit of dirt. Mm-hmm. What's something that isn't going to cost an arm and a leg, but yet is uh, not going to uh, fail once it's covered up with some dirt?
1: Well, not cost the arm and leg. There are two answers to that. The early stuff is the corrugated black pipe comes in a coil. It's cheap to buy. Um, It buries out okay. The problem with it is the life cycle cost of that. It, just the very corrugations catch dirt and debris in those pipes. So what's the cheapest to install is not the least cost life cycle. If you, because it's a plastic pipe, if you run a rotor rooter guy cleaner into that thing, that's bad. Yeah. You don't have a lot of fall. So three feet of fall and 300 feet, that pipe is virtually flat. So the only thing I'm going to recommend to you, and I mean capital O-N-L-Y, is white PVC smooth wall. Uh, don't mess with anything else Uh, whether you do it yourself because it's a trencher typically a four to six inch trencher and you just run that you know the full the full depth don't put any pipe until you're done because you may have to adjust the up and the down of that Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's not going to be cheap but the cheapest to install i promise you will not be fun to be an owner of
0: (laughs) okay yeah because going to be a lifelong thing here and once it's in i want to be done with it Uh, on the pvc would you have to go schedule 40 or could you do something a little bit different
1: Oh, much, yeah, about half the thickness of that. Yeah, good question. Schedule 40 is you're buying a lot of PVC. Schedule 20, S&D sewer and drain schedule, it's thin wall stuff. You're not, you know, you're not driving over it. This doesn't have any load. Uh, It just needs to be flat, smooth, and straight. So you're looking at thin wall, and, and when you get into it, whether you're hiring somebody to do it or doing it yourself, and frankly, 300 feet with three feet of fall, I'd hire somebody to do it. They, there's a okay. lot of ways to mess up that flat of a pipe.
0: All right, just okay. Well, good because I, um, I had to schedule forty stuck in my head, and then I started pricing it in ten foot chunks and twenty foot mm-hmm. chunks, and I thought, ooh, that was going to get pretty pricey to go that far.
1: Yeah, you could buy a small jet for about that price. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate your advice this afternoon.
1: You bet, Larry. Take care. All right. All right. Home improvement, Scott Mosby. Hey, if you're trying to take this show with you or you can't remember what in the world we talked about, radio.com. R A D I O dot dot Radio.com. What in the world did that Mosby guy talk I I remember he talked about three, you know, drain, downspout. What kind of pipe was that? Radio.com. You can go back and pull out the uh, podcasts, and you know that means it's recorded somewhere. You can go listen to it later or you can sign up to tune right in and, and listen to me on Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever day you want to be there. Uh, 314-436-7900-800 925-1120 here on CAMOX. My name is Scott Mosby. We're wrapping up Hour 2 of the Helitech Home Improvement Show sponsored in part by Schleter Painting right here on KMOX. Got pretty excited there. I, I missed you. I, I, was, I missed you over the break, so I'm happy to be back. I jumped the gun a little bit. Anyway, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We're in the last few minutes here of the KMOX Home Improvement Show, the Helatech Home Improvement Show. Let's go see what's happening with my friend Mike. Mike, good afternoon. How may I help, sir?
2: How you doing?
1: Fantabulous, my buddy.
2: Here's my
0: question real fast. Up, uh, I, I inherited this real old house. And what I did was uh, I, I I used that drain care it looks like dirt, and I kept throwing it down my toilet and flushing it, but I had no water pressure. I, had, I could get a little bit of hot water, but no cold water, and after a couple months, all my water pressure
1: came back. Why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know frankly but it may be related to if the house sits inactive for a while sometimes there are lime deposits inside the pipes they might be iron pipes they might be copper pipes but if it doesn't Get much use then deposits occur at elbows and shutoffs stops places where the pipe gets skinnier then if you start flushing toilets and using the house and it gets real use you can kind of flush out those pipes and move along some of those blocks you may wind up with your faucet aerators loaded up with a lot of lime and sand looking things there at the spouts themselves you may need to unscrew those and pull those out and if those are really hard to get off maybe Maybe put a little bit of vinegar in a plastic bag and hold it there to, to eat that lime off of those threads. But uh-huh. uh, it, it's probably just from use.
2: Well, okay, thanks.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a good question, Mike, so thanks for the question. But generally, uh, you know, like when you exercise or I exercise, I feel a little better after I recover from the pain of that exit. Well, the house and the pipes and the plumbing, all that stuff works better when it's regularly exercised.
0: I see. Okay, well, thanks
1: a lot. All right, Mike. Good question. Thank you, my friend. And let's see what's happening here with Jeff. Hey, Jeff, Scott Mosby, good afternoon, and welcome to my X Home Improvement question Show. The question concerns
4: the lights in my basement. Uh-huh. They they flicker, not all the time, but sometimes they flicker about every second.
1: About every second?
4: Yeah.
1: Um. um now when motors come on like your refrigerator your air conditioner uh, those things take a lot of current, so they kind of starve the electric and the rest of the light. So it's common for, you know, one to two seconds for the lights to dim. Uh, when you have lights that flicker on and off like a strobe light, that yeah. sounds more like a short. I think it's time for a house call from a good electrician and check that out, frankly, Jeff, uh, because, you know... Um, Robin Peter, to pay Paul, when a big piece of equipment like refrigerator, air conditioner, you know, oven goes on, whatever, those lights yeah. can dim. But when they flutter like that, that suggests arcing or something that isn't quite making contact correctly.
4: Now, yesterday, they didn't flicker at all. And I sat in the basement but for several hours, and they didn't flicker. Now, today, they flickered.
1: Well, uh, if you, uh, I'd get this thing checked. Um, how how old is the house, and how long has it been bef- since well, that?
4: Well, I guess the house is fifty uh, some years old.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd get the whole thing checked out, and I'd I'd do a few other things. Uh, have them go through the house. at you know, and this will be a little odd for the electrician to say, "Look, I'm just looking for kind of a an electrical inspection. Come through and look over my home, and talk to them oh. about those flickering lights because." Uh, no, they you don't know. do it upstairs, it's just in the basement. That's what suggests the the, the problem with wiring and arcing. Uh, and and that's a big deal. That's a potential fire threat for me, frankly, Jeff. So if the whole so house so is doing it, it checked out, huh? yeah, why not? You know, it's only your life, brother. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't often bring um, worry to callers here on Camwex. I try to, you know, talk you down from the ledge, if you will. But on this one, when you get rapidly flickering lights, um, have you gone to uh, complex fluorescent or LED or anything like that uh, recently?
4: Well, I changed bulbs when they started doing it. I went from the it wasn't the LED it was the, the old kind, you know. Yeah. And I uh, put a new bulb in, and that didn't do it. So then I went to the uh, LEDs, or whatever they're called, and uh, it seemed to take care of. it. But, damn it, it started there, too.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, I'd get that checked out just on a wiring because, it, you know, frankly, I'm in a house your age, and uh-huh. I've been in that house 20 years. I've had the electric reviewed, you know, a couple times very thoroughly, uh, you know, just uh-huh. just because. You know, and I'm pretty good at electric, but I also, um, you know, it's power. You know, power can be very good, and power can be very bad. So yeah. you know, when you're, you know, I'd 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 invite a really good electrician over for a couple hours and pay him whatever he needs to, you know, snoop okay. through your whole system.
4: Yeah, hey, uh, I thank you for your opinion.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, hopefully, I've kept you. you alive. Okay, Jeff, thanks for the call. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, I am honored to be invited in your home and Enjoyed it. So uh, we're wrapping up the second hour of the Home Improvement Show. Stay tuned. More coming up on University of KMOX. We have had a great show. Uh, an array of questions from caulking to sloping driveways, uh, downsizing radiant heat on a slab home, building a new house—is it okay? Thank you for being part of it. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. You can reach me during the week. Mosby Building Arts, 1800. Have a good weekend.